So we are in part two of a two-part series called Spoiler Alert. And this series called Spoiler Alert uh, is all about Old Testament prophecies that came true in the New Testament. Now, if you've ever read a movie review, or maybe somebody has seen a movie that you haven't seen yet, uh, and you start to read the reviewers, they start to tell you about the movie, uh, if they're going to reveal a major plot twist, or if they're going to reveal the ending of the movie, you'd kind of like them to say, hey, here's a spoiler alert. Well, I'm going to ruin the end of the movie for you tonight. That's not really going to ruin it for you. I'm going to share with you the greatest news you'll ever hear in your life. This two-part series is all about the, the true story of the hero who saved the world. That hero's name is Jesus. Last week, when we talked about the first part of Spoiler Alert, we talked about how Jesus died. We talked about how the hero died for the villains. And the truth is, we're all the villains. Every single one of us is a sinner. We've all sinned in many different ways. I've often said before, I'm fond of saying that we're all in the same boat of sin. We're just rowing with different oars. Your oars are not like my oars. My oars are not like your oars. But we all have oars and we're all rowing away in the boat of sin. The good news is, is that Jesus came to save us out of the boat of sin. He came to forgive our sins and give us the hope of new life, of eternal life in heaven with him. He can make everything new. Everything that is old in your life, everything that is uh, falling apart, he can put it back together and he can make your life brand new. And that's what I want to talk about with you tonight. So this part of Spoiler Alert tonight is about, last week we talked about how the hero dies for the villains. The hero died for the bad guys. Well, tonight we're going to talk about how the hero lives again. The hero lives again. And we're also going to talk about how we can live again. So if you have a Bible, I encourage you to grab your Bible and uh, turn to Matthew chapter 28. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can use one on your phone like Bible Gateway or Version. You can go to Matthew 28, or even better, use the GFCC app. We have our own app here. You can go to your app store and search for GFCC, and you can download the app to your phone in a matter of seconds and follow along with the sermon notes. You can give your tithes and offerings. You can read the bulletin in the newsletter, and you can get text notifications when you create an account of all the cool stuff going on around here. So I encourage you to get the app. It only takes a, a matter of seconds, and you can follow right along with tonight's sermon notes. Um, now, I just want to give you a little note about where we're going next. Next week, we're going to start a four-part series on the life of Elijah called Standing Alone. And it's how we have to stand firm for God when everyone around us is bowing down to the idols of this world. So that'll be next week. But for tonight, we're going to reveal one last spoiler alert about how the hero lives again. Um, before we get to Matthew 28, like I said, this year, we're spending the entire year in the Old Testament. And so I want to look at some Old Testament prophecies, an Old Testament prophecy that came true in the New Testament. And that prophecy is found in Psalm chapter 16, verses 9 through 11. The book of Psalms was written, many of them were written by David. It's, a, it's the song book of Israel. And uh, Psalm 16 is a psalm of thanksgiving. It's a psalm that David was praising God for what he had done in his life. He was thanking God for the blessings in his life. And this is what he said in verses 9 through 11. He says, therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. 
because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So that's David writing about his own life. Now, in the New Testament, we get to the book of Acts. Now, the book of Acts is the story of the church and how the church got started. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus ascended into heaven. Forty days after he was raised from the dead, he ascended into heaven, where he is now sitting at the right hand of God the Father, ruling and reigning over the universe in power and majesty, worshipped by angels, and all who have died in the Lord before us are worshipping Jesus right now at the right hand of God. So Jesus ascended into heaven in Acts chapter 1. The angel, uh, angels appeared and said, hey, why are you staring in the sky? The disciples were expecting Jesus to come right back. He said, no, this Jesus will come back in the same way that you've seen him go, but now he wants you to go and tell everybody about him. So the uh, disciples go uh, into Jerusalem. Uh, they uh, are meeting in an upper room, and there's about 120 of them or so. And the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2. God, God poured out his spirit on, all, on his people in Acts chapter 2. And, and on the day of Pentecost, which was 50 days after Passover, the day of Pentecost, the apostle Peter gets up and he preaches an amazing sermon, a powerful, powerful sermon at which at, when they did the altar call, over 3,000 people were baptized that day. 3,000 people. My arms would have fallen off. But in the midst of this sermon, Peter says this in Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 28. He says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. So Peter's telling him, look, you guys know who Jesus is. Jesus of Nazareth, he did all these miracles, signs, and wonders. You saw them. You heard about them. This is who we're talking about. Verse 23. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. In other words... It was God's will to hand Jesus over to you, the Jewish leaders. And you, with the help of wicked men, that's the Romans, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was, what? Impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. Does that sound familiar? You will not let your holy ones see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Now, David, when he wrote Psalm 16, it was a thousand years before the death of Jesus Christ. A thousand years, David wrote those words. And the apostle Peter says, look, these words came true. When God raised Jesus from the dead, it's the fulfillment of his great, 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 great grandfather, David. David wrote those words. And now they're true in Jesus because he was raised from the dead. And Jesus really did come back to life. And we read about that in Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. This is what I told you to look at before. Matthew 28, 1 through 10. It says, after the Sabbath, which was Saturday, at dawn on the first day of the week, that's Sunday, 
Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Now, Jesus was buried in a tomb owned by a rich man named Joseph of Arimathea. So this rich man owned this tomb. He had become a believer in Jesus, and he let Jesus borrow his tomb. He had no idea he was only going to borrow it for a couple of days. There was a violent earthquake. And for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. Hold on, right, one second, right there. Okay, so the uh, Romans had put a large stone in front of the tomb where Jesus was buried. And not only that, but the Jews had convinced the governor Pilate to take a squadron of soldiers and stand them guard outside the tomb. So you have this squadron of Roman soldiers outside the tomb. The, the tomb is sealed with a heavy stone, and the Roman governor put his seal on the stone, saying that if anybody moves this stone, they're, they can, they're punishable by death. But an angel of the Lord comes down out of heaven and rolls the stone away. Not going to kill this angel. Mm-mm. So he rolls the stone away, sits on the tomb, sits on the stone, and appears to these women. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. He was so bright, it was like he was like being uh, lit up by lightning. You know how lightning can be really, really bright. We're getting ready to move into the thunderstorm season, and we're going to see lightning. And lightning at night is so brilliant white. That's what he looked like. Like he was on fire. Verse 4, the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. In other words, they were so afraid they fainted. Have you ever been so scared that you fainted? That's what happened to these guards. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. And this is the greatest sentence ever uttered in the history of humanity. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. The greatest words ever uttered in all of history. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, where they will see me. I love what the angel tells him. Do not be afraid. Jesus says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Those words in verse 6, he is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, Jesus had promised, he had predicted, he had prophesied his own resurrection. He said, they're going to kill me. They're going to crucify me. They're going to nail my hands and my feet to a cross, and they're going to kill me. But I am going to rise. On the third day, I will rise from the dead. And sure enough, God raised Jesus from the dead on the third day. Hundreds of people saw him. Hundreds of people saw him alive. And they testified long after he died, long after he rose into heaven. They testified long after he rose that they had seen him alive. Jesus is alive. He has risen indeed. 
Now, there's a couple of takeaways I want to share with you today before we end our time together. A couple of things I want you to take away from this message. The first is this. Do not be afraid. The hero conquered death. Do not be afraid. The hero conquered death. For the last year or so, Americans, not just Americans, everyone on earth has lived with the fear of death and dying. For the last year of this global pandemic, many, many, many people have died. And even more have been afraid of getting sick and dying. A lot of people are terrified. Some of you are, probably still are. A little skittish. Even being here tonight, it's like, uh, I might go to church on Easter, I might not. We've been afraid of death and dying. My friends, if you belong to Jesus, you have nothing to be afraid of. Nothing. The Apostle Paul told the church at Corinth these words in 1 Corinthians 15, 54 through 57. He said, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory is ours through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death has no power over you. If you belong to Jesus, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if you believe in him, if you have repented from your sins, if you have acknowledged your faith by confession and getting baptized, God has washed away your sins. He has forgiven your sins. He has cleansed you. He has purified you. He has filled you with his Holy Spirit. He has given you the promise of eternal life in his presence. Death has no hold on you. Death has no mastery over you. Jesus is the hero who conquered death. Death has been conquered and swallowed up forever and ever and ever. That we may die physically, but we will never die spiritually. We will live forever with Jesus. Forever and ever and ever. Those words that Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, those are, that's, uh, he's quoting a prophet from the Old Testament. In Isaiah chapter 25, verses 6 through 8, the prophet Isaiah said, On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord, get this, Hold on to this. Believe this. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In other words, you can take that to the bank. The Lord has spoken. But I love what Isaiah says. That there is the coming a feast of the finest, of the choicest meats and the finest wines. I, I'm all about the finest meats, the, cho the choicest meats. 
I can't imagine what a heavenly ribeye tastes like. I mean, I've had a few good ones, some certified Angus, but certified heavenly beef? Oh, sign me up. Certified heavenly ribeye. Let's have a couple of those. To all my my vegan wife and all my vegan vegetarian friends, you really don't know what you're missing. Um, The hero conquered death. Death has no hold on you. Death can't stop you from living forever. The hero conquered death. And, and, and what Isaiah said about how the Lord, the sovereign Lord will wipe away tears from all faces. Maybe you came in here tonight crying. Maybe you woke up this morning in tears. Maybe you spent time crying this last week. Maybe it's been a year of tears for you. Or a lifetime. Maybe it's been a lifetime of tears. Know this. Your heavenly father. Who loves you so. Very, very much. There's coming a day. When you will walk into his presence. And he will take your face. In his hands. And he will wipe your tears. And you'll never cry again. The book of Revelation says there will be no more tears. No more. Because the hero conquered death. The second takeaway is this. Do not be afraid. The hero conquered the enemy. You and me, we have an enemy. There's an enemy of our souls. The devil. You've probably heard of him. He's your enemy. He hates you. He hates me. Oh, I know he hates me. I feel it. He hates us. And he wants to destroy us. Jesus said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal everything from you, steal your joy, steal your blessings, steal your happiness. He wants to kill you, and he wants to destroy you, and he wants to destroy everything you love. That's what the enemy does. But the hero conquered the enemy. When Jesus walked out of that tomb, he sealed the devil's doom. When Jesus walked out of that tomb, he sealed the devil's doom. And that itself is a a fulfillment of prophecy. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God pronounced this curse. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. This is the serpent the devil and the woman, and between your offspring and hers, between Jesus and you, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. In other words, you're going to deliver a wound to the offspring of the woman, to the offspring I had promised, to the Messiah. You will deliver a wound to the Messiah's heel. That's what happened at the cross. Jesus was wounded at the cross. He was dealt a mortal wound, nailed to the cross, hands and feet, And he died. But Jesus rose from the dead. God raised Jesus from the dead. And when he walked out of that tomb, like I said, he sealed the devil's doom. He stepped on the neck of the enemy. 
He crushed the head of the enemy. I came across this quote this week from author and theologian C.S. Lewis. He says, on the back of Satan's neck is a nail-scarred footprint. On the back of Satan's neck is a nail-scarred footprint. And that footprint belongs to Jesus Christ. He crushed the devil's head. He destroyed the work of the enemy. And the enemy, just as death has no claim on you and death has no power over you, the enemy has no power over you. Now, I, I do not believe for one second that the enemy can put a thought in your head. The enemy cannot make you think things. The devil doesn't make you do anything. But he can whisper in your ear. And the devil whispers nothing but lies. The devil will lie to you. And lie is all he does. He'll tell you you're not good enough. You're not good enough for God. He'll tell you that God doesn't love you. How could God love you after the ways that you screwed up your life? He'll tell you that God won't forgive you. How could God forgive someone like you? Someone who made such a mess of things. Someone who screwed up in so many ways for so long. How could God ever love you? How could God ever forgive you? You might as well just run away. You might as well just quit going to church. You might as well just give up on everything. Because God could never love you. Lies. Nothing but lies. Lies from the pit of hell. God loves you. He loves every single one of you. And he does forgive you for all your sins, for everything you've ever done, every evil thought, every sinful action, every hateful word, God forgives it all by his grace when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. Jesus defeated the devil. Jesus conquered the enemy. And he wants to give you that same victory. That victory is yours. Spoiler alert. The hero lives again. The hero lives again. And because the hero lives, and because the hero is victorious, you can live and be victorious. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Don't believe that death is the end. Because the hero lives again.